All right. Am I doing this thing? Yeah. I don't have the heart to do anything. <laughs> Hello and welcome to, I think, the 31st, maybe 32nd ever episode of the SSFL podcast. I'm your fill-in host for the week, Eric Searle. Brendan is in Mexico, enjoying a playoff win and some beach time at Christmas. With me tonight are Kevin, coming off a loss. He's out. I'm coming off a loss, so unfortunately I'm not out. Tony was on a bye. How are you guys doing? I'm a little bit dismayed, if I'm being honest, but we can get to that later. It's good to see everybody. Yeah, I'm, I finally get to play fantasy football after um, the Dion buy, I call it, where you get two weeks because of the tiebreaker. Yeah, because he's a city worker. No, it's just <laughs> no, it's just because he was complaining about it all uh, two Sundays mm. ago. But you uh, think that you'll have like it'll be like a rest thing or a rest thing? How you feeling? Um. I'm feeling rested. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna be dialed in Christmas Eve. Um, move some plans around uh, so that I'll be home during the day where the majority of the games are played. Um, and then family's coming to us on Christmas Eve, so nice. we'll have some. That's the dream. Yeah, exactly. We'll have some prepping to do, but that's fine. I, I can watch TV while I while I prep some food and whatnot. So yeah, we're dialed in for Kyle. Nice. Yeah. Every time you host your parents, I don't know if this is the case for you. My parents act like I'm doing like the greatest service since God created man by hosting <laughs> dinner at my house. Yeah. And in reality, it's like I would much rather do this than drive all the way to where <laughs> you live. It's so interesting. And you right? brought dinner, so this is excellent for me. I can agree more. You know, we haven't had really the the space to host them ever um and so this is a new thing for us and um but we're like we've already done it we did it once for thanksgiving and it's like yeah this is great i can sit here and in my pajamas for like 90 percent of the day and then drink as much as i want i don't have to worry about driving especially with like this weather and everything it's just amazing yeah and they think it's like they're like oh it's so nice of you to host thank you so much i didn't do anything right you came to me but yeah Where do you guys come down on Christmas dinner meat? Should it be the turkey. same as Thanksgiving? Do you do turkey again? Or turkey do you is... You do, you do ham for both because ham is the superior feast product and turkey's so, overrated. Oh my God. What do you mean it's overrated? People have it like three times a year and you're going to call it overrated? Yeah. Well, no it, way. It, it's fine. Like you don't eat turkey on not Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, whereas ham, people probably eat more often. And I disagree. Better. Strong better. disagree. I love turkey. It's one yeah. of my favorite parts about the holidays is looking forward to that big meal. I don't eat anything. I just drink coffee and water all day. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like turkey. Well, but... I've got you wrong, actually. Then, but ham is just better. <laughs> That's the thing. I like better. ham. Like there's there's room on the 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 plate for ham, but definitely going turkey. You see, the the turkey is great for like the stuffing. And like the mashed potatoes that everyone makes with it, but the turkey is like in the gravy, and the, but the turkey is really just like a vessel or a bystander. Mm. See, I think I disagree with both of you. We did a we had my parents here for Christmas last weekend, 
fortunately, and we did a prime rib roast with oh, Yorkshire pudding, and I think that's better than both of those. Yeah, we did. We've we've done that. I think we did that for one of them last year, and I was like, "This is amazing. Why don't we do this more often?" And so I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's a good. And also, the cleanup is ten times easier than with a turkey. Yeah, like when you cook a turkey, there's fucking grease on every surface of your kitchen surface of your kitchen for weeks yeah and then you have no a giant, way to get it off and you have a giant carcass just hanging yeah. around too yeah <laughs> yeah <true. laughs> whereas the prime rib prime rib roast the bones probably were already removed before you even cooked it they just been tied back on yeah. then you cook the thing you cut the twine you're good to go the rest is meat no problem i'm actually really looking forward to krista mckenzie and i are going to Kelowna to stay with her parents and i've always wanted to like cook a turkey but i've never had like that the hosting capabilities to do it so uh mackenzie's mom is going to show me how i'm cooking with her i'm so excited well you have lots of free time so that's nice yeah because you're not going to have free time to watch football it's like the same concept that i'm going to be doing yeah but my watching football actually matters wow all right you can do what brian dry brian bacon i have no idea passenger (laughs) All right. Sounds I'll good. Be, be I'll you make a, we'll get a recap after the I'll let you make know. a good turkey. Have you had her turkey before? Yeah, absolutely. She's yeah. a very good cook. Nice. That'll be nice. That'll be fun. That'll be good. Worry free. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Stress free. Yeah. So uh Kevin, you had a heartbreaker this weekend. I did. You want to break it down for us? A little postmortem. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a little tough for me to feel too sorry for myself because it was only a realistic chance because JT got hurt right away. Um, But, I mean, I will say that I know that Brendan gives me some, like, uh, I don't know, like, Doomer vibes. But, like, this this seems, like, very fitting, poetic for a way for me to lose in this league. Like, not really have a reason to have a hope until that final drive and then somehow they went for nine minutes and then like the fact that they got the first down but didn't even score like are you baker's taking a sack or throwing a pick if they get the ball back i'm convinced that's happening um i mean the other thing is i mean i had the stinker tinker because i put uh rex sexy rexy in there over abdullah and jordan mason but i mean would you not have thought the game script would have been casey killing houston so, you know, they actually had to throw the ball. So as much as I would like to be a bleeding heart about it, like I was already only in it because of the JT injury. So try not to be too upset. But the very fact that I went in not having any hope and it was just teasing it out of me later and later into the game seems very fitting for me. And then obviously the fact that the Taysom Hill bullshit shenanigans is a whole other conversation i actually think we should remove him from our league next year because he doesn't have an actual (laughs) position and obviously i'm annoyed about it because it directly affected me but it's disingenuous that you can play him at tight end when everyone else is completely decimated at that position and he literally takes snaps and throws passes it's frustrating to lose that way and then again the irony of it being the tight end thing uh being my downfall which was a pretty fucking great comment by sherry so yeah, I mean, it was great from Sherryar. Absolutely. Um, you brought up something about tight ends, though. Like, I do think that the we've seen other sports like basketball move into kind of like a positionless realm. And I think, I don't know, football's not ever going to get quite there because the rules require you to have, you know, a certain number of guys on the line and whatever. But it's certainly less 
position uh, strict than it was when we started playing fantasy. And, Yeah. you know, that does make it hard. Like, it was interesting to me that Sleeper made the call at the beginning of the year to take Taysom Hill and move him out of quarterback and into tight end. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's a big distinction between like a Justin Jefferson trick play where he ends up throwing the ball to another receiver and a guy that literally has like eight to 10 snaps designed for him at quarterback where he could be getting uh, passes. But hey, I mean, like I, I think I said it to Brandon, too. I don't think there's a solution for it. It's just, again, it feels very fitting that it was it was me that that fell on that or died on that hill. I didn't expect it to be close heading into Monday night. And then I saw your messages. I wasn't really paying attention to the game. And then I saw that you're like kind of commentating about uh, commentating. Yeah. Commenting. Um, ooh, that was weird. Um, and then I checked and I Lazard kind of sucked big time and it was way closer and that's almost worse. Uh, that's way worse, right? You'd, it would have been way easier if Lazard just went off for like 18, 19 points, right? Um, Right, or if just like the Browns, not the Browns, I'm thinking Baker Mayfield, the Rams yeah. scored two touchdowns in the first two drives and you've Yeah. just been like, okay, doesn't Yeah. matter. But just to be like literally one sack away, um, man, that's, that's a tough way to go out. Yeah, and then the other thing is, when's the last time Brady had four turnovers? Like two Yeah. picks, two fumbles. One of them was like the botched handoff where... I, I did watch it back. It was Brady's fault, but that always just goes to the quarterback. It's just felt fitting, felt fitting. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it happens. Fuck you assholes. You thought I wasn't going to make the playoffs because I took two tight ends. I came at worst six. Suck it. Kevin, could you uh, break down your top five regrets for us? Obviously, <laughs> My top five regrets? <laughs> Uh, what would you have done differently looking back post-mortem of your year? I, I honestly think the only thing I didn't do that I said I was going to do at the beginning of the year was I wasn't more proactive about my running backs. Um, I will say I got a little bit too into the narrative of the tight end thing where easily the best way to make my team better was to trade Mark Andrews. Like that was easily the way to do it, but because of how much flack I caught for it, uh, I wanted to stick to it. And I was pretty sure I could get at least to the playoffs. So I mean, it's not, not an excuse, but I do think I got a little bit too caught up in that because Mark Andrews would have easily been the best ticket for me to get address the running backs. Um, I think that's probably it. I hit on the other guys, like my other receivers, I was really happy with, um, but it just not being more proactive about the running backs. And I was, I missed the boat on Brady. I was the guy who was a year late on Tom Brady. So I think those are probably my two biggest ones. Uh, well, number one is not being able to make it to the draft. Number two is not being more proactive about the running backs. Number three was my uh, quarterback. Number four is that Harsh hasn't already won the Bronley. Uh, and I don't know. I'll think of a fifth one throughout the show. All right. I think I appreciate you taking that prompt seriously. Uh, Tony, you were going to say something before. <laughs> uh, no, that I think that's a very honest introspection because I can't remember where Eric and I talked about your team, but I think we said very similar things that um, you got off to a very good start, but um you like from the outside i don't think people were like necessarily paying attention to like clyde and um like gibson and mark andrews but like you probably could have seen that they were 
like maybe expiring assets. And I think you could have like traded them earlier in the year and then fetched really good value. And I totally agree that Mark Andrews was your biggest piece, but I understand the um, just being stubborn and sticking it to the league aspect and trying to win it with both of them because that story would have been um, pretty great. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's an honest look back. Kevin, you're kind of like, um, you know, the Green Bay Packers of the league in the sense that you don't make a lot of trades and you don't pick up a lot of free agents. You kind of just pick your guys and roll with them. Um, are you looking to make any changes in that regard moving on to next year? Uh, possibly. Um, I'll have to see which way everyone wants to zig so I can try and zag. But um, I mean, yeah, I would be more open to it. But again, I think I think in my other leagues, I was a little bit more active in terms of trading this year. So I think that's just true overall. But I really do think the big thing for me this year was if if you were looking at my team and you were going to trade me, if I needed a running back, you wanted Andrews or you weren't trading me. Like there was no, that was sort of me making that call fairly early. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brady really didn't help either. I did think I was getting like a good value. I thought and I, mm. I stuck with him way too long. I should have addressed that. But I, and also I, I'll disagree on the free agent thing. I made quite a few pickups this year. Mm. Um, I was, but it was all cycling through trying to find that running back and I never ended up hitting on any of them, which point Brendan in the uh, fab argument, I guess. um i you know i am looking back on the andrews thing so he fell off kind of after week well he got hurt because he got and then lamar got hurt yeah but then it was like oh he was fine with huntley before and then huntley got hurt and so i wonder what kind of value you could have gotten for him after week six he just came off uh an 18 point game and a 20 point game um he had been like the number two tight end year i wonder what kind of running back value i think he would have i think someone would have paid up um a lot because of the situation at tight end this year um it would have been interesting to see you don't get that trade very often so what like a a top tier tight end for a running back so i would have been interested in seeing what kind of value um, i think that uh it's really hard when you're saying that they were expiring assets i don't think that was true of andrews it was really hard to tell at that point that he wasn't going to continue oh that's true Um, yeah and so I think that there are also a lot of people in the league who kind of just would have looked at it and been like, no, this is funnier having Kevin continue to have two tight ends. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm not sure you would have actually got good value. I think you would have probably had to trade Andrews in like week three and package him with Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Alaire and really, really sell high on those guys in order to get the running back in the tier that you'd be looking for. And I know personally, I never would have been able to make that call at that time. Yeah. I suck at selling high on people because when you have players on your team you like them more than anybody and if they're doing really well you're never going to want to get rid of them so totally and my whole theory was again that i knew that if i had both of them i had that position advantage week to week regardless of who i was playing and through all this he's still the second tight end with having that much of a downturn and being injured right so i i think i think by drafting him there it was probably the right call um in hindsight like i i would do it again but I wouldn't get married to the narrative of Kevin versus the league. It, you know, it was a fun uh, experiment. You made the playoffs. Um, you had a very good season. Um, to be honest, went way better than I expected, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, that was it was interesting to see it play out. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that you described it as zigging when others are zagging, because I think 
we were all over here zigging and zagging and you were on a different practice field running routes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, um, Mackenzie could tell you this actually, but I printed out he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Uh, and I put it right above my <laughs> fucking door and I hit it every day when I get up and I go to work. <laughs> As a reminder or as like, a, I'm going to prove you wrong. I hit it with a middle finger. So you figure that out. <laughs> um, should we move on to the other playoff matchup? Wasn't Who cares? Really close. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask you, Tony, on the rest versus rust thing. I know mm -hmm. you keep up with the news quite a bit. You're quick to the waiver wire, whatnot. Did you at any point in the last two weeks have any uh, have a harder time like looking at fantasy news or get a little bit uh, away from it. Yeah, I definitely took uh, I took a back seat in those last couple of weeks, but it was nice. I think it was needed. It was not I was just kind of following like peripherally. Um, wasn't really hawking the waiver wire. Um, although I did that today, obviously with the matchup coming up. But yeah, no, that definitely um, I was definitely not as involved. I needed that refresher though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we had some big uh, games this weekend. Sherry are obviously beating Kevin in a nail biter, crushing defeat, and Brendan with a a big win, dominant performance over Dion, which I think is the right way that it should have gone this year, given the mm -hmm. quality of those teams uh, season long. Um, I actually expected a little bit more higher scoring from Dion, Dion's team this weekend, but. Uh, his, his team, yeah, has always been a little bit boomer bust, I feel like. So, kind of just busted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I personally would have liked to see Kevin win because I would prefer to have more people that could win their first championship in the playoffs still. Would have been a 75% uh, podcast Final Four, too, if Kevin had won it. That's true. High uh, content equity there. And <laughs> uh, on the Pronley side... We're down to Justin, myself, Harsh, and Kenny. That he so the uh, Island Bowl matchup still very much in the cards. Uh, how are you feeling about your uh, overall team vibes? Uh, less good than I was last week, certainly. <laughs> uh, I really did think that I would be able to take Tyler. I got pretty high on the uh, idea that somehow the Commanders-Giants game was going to be high scoring, which was obviously dumb. Uh, I have much, much worse matchups this week than I did last week. So last week, like, I was a little bit counting on a big performance in that week. And you got 20 points from Jawan Johnson, which yeah. you're not going to rely on. Oh, boy. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, that one, he was the first one that played for my team. Most of my guys were late Saturday, mm -hmm. or sorry, late Sunday. And so looking at that, I was like, oh, man, I'm so smart. I picked up a tight end off the waiver wire. They got 20 points. I'm going to win this week easily. Trap game. And it did <laughs> not pay off at all. <laughs> Kirk, uh, Kirk Duggins with uh, the wildest 40 points you'll ever see. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker, especially like – well, I had family over having Christmas, and so I was kind of watching the score. I saw the halftime score, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, this is this is going great." Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then he throws a touchdown to Adam Thielen too, which also hurt in the second half, like the double mm -hmm. double mm -hmm. whammy. So, yeah. Oh well, still got another two shots at it. So, yeah, yeah. we get we get to find out uh, who's gonna who gets to pick you this week. Yeah, do we want to uh, 
go into that to some matchup picks. Um, just, yeah, just really quickly, I want to say I'm happy for Brandon that something went his way um, yeah. this year. That's good. Uh, everything came together for him, and he, he beat the crap out of Harsh. And I think that is two people still alive in the Pronley bracket that have had the doodler on their team, uh, <laughs> Justin and Harsh. So maybe, I don't know, Justin was wise and dropped him, but, you know, still took the loss. So we'll see what Harsh does, but we could be sniffing a, a finals preview. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out also that Justin fixed James very quickly after no research at, near the yeah. bathroom area of the chop house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, James put up like 150 points or something on him. Yeah. Meanwhile, so Harsh was the only, like he had a, a low chance of picking correctly because he had a 33% chance, it turns out, of picking somebody that he could have actually beaten. Mm -hmm. But if he had picked Harsh, he would have doomed Brandon to yep. lose to James and stuck oh. Brandon in second in this round. So, you know, maybe it works out a little bit for like family Christmas. I just... Good shout. I, yeah. I thought it was a weird pick uh, when he picked him originally, just because like, do you really want to pick a team that has Josh Allen? But then it would, I guess, like in Harsh's team, yeah, I don't know. He he was flustered. Let's be yeah, honest. He, yeah, he, he made was. some questionable menu choices and some questionable <laughs> matchup choices. <laughs> I mean, and, and he, you know, 104 points. That's a pretty good week in the Pronley bracket. Um, but uh, you know good for james i'm happy for james he definitely did not have the worst team definitely did not deserve the pronley and for him to go out with a big week and just kind of secure safety i think is is fair and then um the only other one we haven't talked about is sadly eric um marco tool did win his matchup uh i think we're all disappointed yeah yeah big week big yeah. week for mark for sure yeah but the flip side of that is that we get, uh, you know, Kenny drops down into the, the next round. So, yep, for sure. All right. So the funnest part of this is that after Justin's selection that last week uh, backfired, he does get another chance to pick his Pronley matchup <laughs> this week. And so do we want to start Pronley or do we want to start playoff bracket? Um, can we first, I how are we going to do this with Sleeper? Um, not letting us adjust the matchups. Just yeah, I, don't after. I fast forwarded that part of the podcast last time. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. I just want people to be aware um, that it's going to be a little bit weird, but we'll try and figure it out. Okay. Um, let's, I don't know. What do you, who should we start with? Pronley or? I think, I think we should start Pronley. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, choosing his matchup for the second week in a row in the Pronley. Definitely not a position people typically want to be in. Is Justin Murray? Take it away, Justin. This isn't too late. I love you, Eric, but I really need a win. Put it on the board. <laughs> Eric, Ooh, congratulations! <laughs> First overall pick two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> the true yeah. trap game here. That is. Yeah. Um, that's a desperate pick. That is a. It reeks of of desperation and, and, and anxiety. Let's see if he can massage a win this week. Um, <laughs> he uh, can't say it's an unexpected choice. Um, respectfully, Eric. Um, 
going to pull up the matchups here uh, off the top uh, initial reactions from you, Eric, who may have heard this audio file already and had some time to process it. Uh, I would like to point out that of the three people he could have chosen from, I scored the most points last week. So I think it's a questionable decision by Justin on a very small sample size. That's fair. I think it is interesting that Justin is the only one to have picked his opponent and lost uh, last week. So yeah, that's a, that's a, nervous spot to be in for him you know i drafted jay as my number one uh pick in the pronley draft and so i'm sticking with it eric i think you, I, you gotta like your chances who did uh who else did you guys draft in that i also have yeah. kenny so i'm feeling pretty good i must have taken harsh yeah you did <laughs> oh, okay so the two of you have the four people in this draft because i believe kevin you took me and somebody so yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> well uh I personally will be cheering for the doodle ball. But, uh... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is. There's a chance. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so um, does that settle the other matchup too? Yeah. So the other matchup will be uh, Kenny versus Harsh. Ooh, wow. Oh, that is awesome. Going all the, way back, suffering. all the way going back to the draft because there was, um, there's a, there's a history there. Yeah. Oh man, I hadn't even considered that. But yes, big revenge right. game for Kenny potentially. He can send Harsh to the dance. Oh man, he's gonna get. He's getting up for this one for sure. And and Kenny and Justin are the only people to have won the Pronley in that bracket before, right? Correct. I believe that's true. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that no. must be keeping them up at night. Oh no. <laughs> Has anyone won it twice before, other than maybe if someone it was named after? <laughs> No, I don't, <laughs> don't, I think, don't so. think so. Oh no! Uh, they might have to get a name. hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be such a ruthless punishment. Whoever has the most like to date current losses is named after them. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if the Pronley wasn't such an amazing name as it was, then yeah. I would I would be into that. Maybe we can find a way to tack on a Justin or a Kenny. Like the they do it twice. We might have to. We just change the EY at the end to an AY for Murray and we're done. <laughs> oh, 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 that's pretty good. What if it's Kenny, the Pronith, the Pronlith Bull? Pronlith, <laughs> yeah. He's also actually pretty funny. So <laughs> there's, there's something there. Uh, wow. Eric, how are you feeling? Is that who you want? Like, if you had to pick, who would you have preferred to play? Uh, you know, at this point in the tournament, there's a lot of bad teams still in contention. Um, we got to just keep our eye on the ball here. Take it one day at a time. Uh, not everyone can lose them all. So, <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at Justin's matchups for I think impossible uh, weeks. I think I feel good about the fact that I traded him Devonta Smith, and it looks like Gardner Minshew might be throwing him the passes. Nice. This week. That's true. That's, That's true. a nice little bonus. Yeah. Um, it never feels good to lose to big games from your own team mm-hmm. and guys you traded away. Um, quarterback change, you're gonna ride with Tua, I imagine. I haven't decided yet. It's tough. Um, Daniel Jones has a really nice matchup and the run, the rushing floor, so it's hard to say, but uh, yeah, probably will go with Tua. And big decision, Tyler Algier. You gonna start? Yeah, I think I gotta get him in there. Yeah, because he's really carved out a role and he's looking really good. Yeah, it's just uh. Hard with all these timeshare running backs. So. <laughs> yeah, 
I'd probably yeah, Brian Robinson looked pretty good actually. Um, but he plays the 49ers. That's a really tough matchup. Um, yeah. I mean you got you got points on your bench. You got players. You got players there. So got some hosses. Yeah. Anyway, enough on that. Uh let's uh get to where we all have been waiting to hear. This is the much, much, much anticipated Kyle Weir's do it semifinal selection. What's your final predictions here, guys? Okay, I actually think he's just gonna pick Sherryar. Um, because of the Jonathan Taylor injury, I think is is why I commit. I completely agree, and I think he's going to cop out in his little recording, say that he was going to pick Anthony, but because JT's hurt, he's taking him. Yeah. All right, Kyle. They have uh, effectively attacked your character. What do you have to say for yourself? Efficiently. All right. Clearly, Tony's going to talk all this shit and still be afraid of getting. Ran over by two of the best wide receivers ever to play the game in fantasy. Hopefully next week. Obviously, I got to pick Tony. Good luck, gamers. Good. Proud of you, Kyle. (laughs) Oh, a third bye week. Wow. Um, yeah. No, honestly, good on Kyle. It's good. You, You know what? If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best eventually. It doesn't matter if you do it now or in the finals. So, you just call Kyle the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantastic. I think it's great. I think it's great that he did that. We get the one and two seeds. This is why we got the pick your opponent thing um, for this kind of chaos. Um, yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. Other than, you know, who scares me more than Diggs and Adams actually right now is Ramondre Stevenson the way he's been playing that is he's been really really good um so I'll give credit there but yeah I, I did the read I, option really well too so <laughs> I was honestly really scared to play Brendan's team this week I did not want to play against Patrick Mahomes I just that it feels like he is heating up so um if I can avoid him for one more week then potentially then I'm happy I don't know what do you guys think uh, I think I both got a lot of respect for Kyle for going for it. I think he absolutely gets to be in the hearts of the league this week. Uh, a lot of people probably were previously frustrated with the amount of wins he had with the number of points he scored, and they're absolutely in his corner now. Yeah, so, I think he scored 42 points last week, so... I was 55, but yeah, it's oh. not a good number. Okay. <laughs> Sleeper app won't actually even let me look at what his team was last week, though. So I don't know if he didn't have people in. His yeah, team. I think he. I think Russell was hurt, right? So that's, like, yeah, that's like four points that Russell would have gotten. Right, that's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fantastic! I'm really looking forward to this. Um, great for the league. It is great for the league. It is great for the league. What's your pay scale at? um well how does a p-scale work again is is uh like 10 zero out of 10 is you're dry as a bone yeah 10 out of 10 is like you gotta change everything get in the shower change your oinda pants yeah um all the way down the leg both sides (laughs) everyone can see it (laughs) i'm I'm gonna be honest i'm a zero i i just i uh 
I just feel like I got the best team. And so it would be an upset for me to lose. Um, I think Diggs and Adams are going to be playing in some cold weather this week too, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, you love to see that. Um, yeah. Adams plays at Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. which might not matter about the cold weather because their defense ain't that good. Been better recently. Yeah. And also the Raiders suck, so... Their offense has actually been a lot better the last few weeks, though. Derek Carr had three of his best four performances in the last four weeks. Well, um, we'll see. Yeah. And then I don't know who the Bills play uh, on the road against the Bears. So, I mean, those not... are some pretty good matchups. Uh, I mean, the Bears one does scare me. The Bears kind of suck, but it's going to be, I think, I think that's going to be ugly weather. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, who's he going to start at quarterback? I mean, that's a. I think that's a bigger deal. Pick anybody up today because that's the biggest thing I was wondering about. Um, doesn't look like it. Oh, I guess it would be tomorrow morning. We would yeah. see tomorrow morning. Um, he's. I mean, the options are slim. Uh, I feel like he's probably going to pick up Derek Carr. Uh, and you know, I would go and try and outbid him, but he has like. $73 in fab. So <laughs> I would, if I was someone, I'd pick up Derek Carr too and stack him with Adams yeah. and hope for another three touchdown performance. Yeah, I think that's, he's, and he's probably the best option even in a vacuum. So that's kind yep. of who I'm expecting. Um, but maybe I'll put in a claim and just see if Kyle, you know, actually he should just bid like 50, right? Or well, more than whatever I have, which is like 14, but he might mm -hmm. not. So we'll see. I do think you have the best team that's left, Anthony. Um, the concern I had with it in the playoffs was like how healthy Fields was going to be mm -hmm. because that makes a big difference to me Absolutely. for your team. Oh, um, totally. And the fact that they went out there and just let him run again and he's he acknowledged that he wants the record. He <laughs> said that in a press conference that he, he realizes how close he is. So I think he said he needed he needed 70 yards each game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying he's going to get that, but that's the fact that what I was worried about him being hurt and them not running him as much just doesn't seem to be a factor. So I'd be worried about him, Jefferson and McCaffrey can all win a week. Um, so I'd be very worried about going up against those guys. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's not quite as clear cut as that, because I do still think that the two best players in the playoffs are Patrick Mahomes and uh Austin Eckler. So Brendan, the mm. rest of his roster is pretty weak, but I think like the two, like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. And I actually, I guess Josh Jacobs is probably a better running back than Eckler, but um, in fantasy this year, but Eckler is two. So uh, I mean, it's a pretty good. I would, I would argue that McCaffrey and Jefferson could make the case as the two best players left in the playoffs. Jefferson, you could make the case. That's true. Yes. So. But I, I do. I mean, I, I agree with you because I, I was worried that he was going to pick Shara and I was going to have to play Brendan and I don't want to play Brendan's team. So I totally agree. Mm -hmm. But to me, that comes down to three players that can do it versus two players that can do it. Right. So I'll, I'll bet the team that has three every time. Sure. Are you at all worried about uh, Justin Fields against Buffalo? No, because um, well, I wa I'm not going to lie. I was like four or five weeks ago. Like looking at his playoff schedule, I think I was trying to trade him or trade for Tua from Jay. That was during that. 
but he's proven to be kind of matchup proof. It doesn't matter. Um, he just had a big week against Philly. Um, and you know, he had a big week earlier against Dallas, New England. So I think I think his skill set, he it doesn't matter. Um, if he's gonna rush for, you know, 75, 80 yards, then yeah. And the Bills defense is is okay. It was really good to start the season. I, I don't know if it's like like something to be worried about right now. Yeah, I think I think I mean probably a little bit biased, but I think Fields has like cemented himself as who he is as a player. Cemented might be strong. I think he's announced himself and he's done it consistently enough for seven and eight weeks that I feel confident. I mean, this is the most heartened I've felt as a Bears fan going into next year in a long time. I want to make the case and it's never gonna happen. But when you look at MVP in terms of what those three words mean, most valuable player, if you remove Justin Fields from the Chicago Bears, they're going to be an unwatchable team. And I don't know how they win any games. So I, I just like, I feel like he has earned, I feel like by the definition of that award, he needs to be at least discussed because that roster is really bad like really, really bad. And I know they're rebuilding, um, but like he's still making shit happen, throwing to like, I don't even know the receiver, like, because isn't Mooney hurt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Claypool's hurt. Oh, is he too? Yeah. And, or at least he's like came off of the bye and he was hurt. I don't even know if he played last week. There was a report like three weeks into his tenure that he was still learning the playbook. And I'm like, why the fuck did they trade a second round pick for this guy? Yeah. So um, So he's got Byron Pringle. uh... (laughs) Right? Yeah. So anyway, I, I, um, yeah, I'd be, if I were a Bears fan, I'd be very excited. He's, he's like legit. So if you're drafting, if we had to draft right now for next year, like where is Justin Fields quarterback? What, like five? It has to be top five because it reminds me so much of like when Lamar, like near the end of the season before his MVP season. And those rushing stats, you just cannot, it's like, it's, it's so good in fantasy. And then the next year he went bananas and like, I didn't realize how fast Justin Fields was. Cause he's, he's, too. He, he's like a big guy. So I didn't expect him to have, like, I knew he was a runner, but I, I expected it more of like a Josh Allen type runner, but in the open field, he just accelerates by people. It's so impressive. I think next year's quarterback is going to be super interesting because there's going to be like eight or nine guys. I think that are going to be like, like unreal, like Mm. maybe eight or nine is strong. Maybe it's like five or six, but I mean, you made the case. Mahomes is the number one guy right now. Right. And then, I mean, Hertz is having an 11 touchdown season. That Philly team is young on offense. There's not really a reason that wouldn't continue. Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. Burrow has been unreal for the last like six weeks. And then you got Fields. Trevor Lawrence has been on fire. Like, I know Trevor Lawrence is playing himself into like a top six pick or something. Mm-hmm. I think there's gonna be a ton and of really good. You haven't even mentioned Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert. Yeah, who are currently four and five. And mm-hmm. oh, then you're definitely gonna have people that are gonna talk themselves into a Kyler Murray bounce back late, and you're gonna have the Ooh. Trey Lance thing still. I'll buy there. that snake yeah. oil. <laughs> Tua will be so interesting too. Yeah, Tua. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It's going to be so interesting. So of that list, who do you have ahead of Justin Fields? Who would you draft ahead of Justin Fields going into next year? Mahomes, Allen, Hurts? Yeah. I think Burrow you can make a really good case for. 
I think that's kind of the line though. Yeah. Like I think yeah. you'd be you'd be looking at the two of them and really wonder. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because but yeah. To- yeah, that is a really good point. And like if they add one player in the offseason to that offense, like they get one more receiver or 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 maybe Claypool plays well in the last like three games here or something. But no, they gotta go get somebody. Yeah, 100%. if they get somebody, then they'll be amazing. And they gotta address that offensive line. But Ever um, Everflus got asked about that actually, about like that trend of young quarterbacks taking yeah. off the year after they acquire like a stud. And he pretty much said, yeah, we think we, we're not dumb. We recognize that's yeah. the uh, the pattern. But the thing with the Bears is, like you said, their roster is so bad. They need positions everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it would be great to go get a first-round wide receiver, but, I mean, it's the whole value argument, right? Yeah, and I think the other thing that will be argued in favor of Justin Fields is that defense is not going to get suddenly really, really good. And so that, like – He's going to, they're going to have to put up a lot of points. They're going to rely on him. Yeah. It could be a big year for him. I, like I said, it reminds me so much of watching Lamar play early in his career when it was just like, wow, he's just more athletic than everyone else on the field. Um, and he just has to be like a, a, you know, an average passer. And But this guy's a quarterback, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard just like Taysom Hill. Ouch. Come on, come on, man. I think if I was that team, I wouldn't go out and get pass catching help. Yeah. I think Darnell Mooney and, and Chase Claypool and Cole Komet are totally serviceable and still young enough that you could expect them to take a step. And I would also look at the fact that their offense is not the issue with the team right now. They're scoring more than enough points to yeah, win NFL football fair. games. They need more on defense yeah. to compete right that's now. So, which also is like, why the hell are you trading your best defensive players away? But yeah, so weird. Very weird. I, I would suggest that the majority of their outs offensive output has not remotely been attributed to any of those three players, though. Like yeah. they had Mooney and they had Komet at the beginning of the year. And the whole thing was they decided to run the ball for three weeks because they didn't trust anyone to throw it or catch it. And Komet didn't catch a touchdown to like week nine. So I think that it would be a hard sell to Bears fans to run it back with those guys and be like here is your shiny new chase claypool that mike tomlin called pretty much a dumbass in public so i don't know yeah i mean it depends how much they care about selling the team i think most fans are pretty excited about justin fields going to show up anyway Mm -hmm. i don't know how much they need to do that in chicago it it totally depends on the personality of the gm are they somebody who's looking for that kind of validation from the media and the fans or are they uh you know looking at what they think is best for the team they also might think it's best to build the team around the offense. I have no idea. So mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't say no to help on defense. Yeah. yeah. Let's the other. So the other matchup set Sherry R and Brendan. I think we've talked a lot about Brendan's team. Um, it's got those big players that can go off any week. It's a good team. Um, and Sherry R's team. What do we think about that? The guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed. He's now just a man. That's his team name. He was the. Yeah, what does that mean? I think because he was the four-headed monster because of all of his running backs, and then they slowly got hurt, and he became like the two and a half-headed monster. And now, now he's just Josh Jacobs, and he's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm interpreting it, anyway. Um, That's how I read it too. Yeah, okay. I mean that that injury really sucks, but he's actually his team like is peaking at the right time. Like his players are all hot right now they're all running hot keenan allen cd lamb 
um, making a run at like the, you know, sneaky, really solid wide receiver duo uh, to end the year. And obviously Josh Jacobs has shown he can go off. Um, but can't forget about Taysom Hill. (laughs) Um, that's true. Don't forget about Jason Hill. I think you have to really uh, love the Cajones to play Brock Purdy yeah. over Geno Smith, and that was the difference in the matchup. Oh, that's so true. I didn't even – we got to give credit out there. That's fantastic. I did not realize that was the difference. Yep. Wow. Like, I know Brock Purdy's coming off a big game, but it's still – you can't really trust, like, a rookie quarterback thrust into the situation to just – repeat that week after week that was the same so. game too they were playing each other gino and brock purdy and yeah crazy mm-hmm. that is you think yeah. he runs it back with brock purdy next week probably right washington purdy. well if you subscribe to the game script theory the hawks play kansas city and so you would expect them to need to score a lot of points potentially mm. um Whereas the Niners play the Commanders could be a little bit more of like a low scoring run the clock out type game. But I don't know. I mean, he's made some, he's made the right decisions a lot so far. So I wish Brendan was here. I want to know if he's scared. <laughs> Who does he? Oh, he plays the, uh, JJ plays the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know mm. what they're. I think their run defense was bad to start the year. It's been a little bit better. So, yeah. I think you have to, um, you have to favor Brendan and tell me in this weekend's matchups. I think that's yeah. sort of like the expected final and is probably the two teams that have been the best all year long and should be in that final. Yep. I'd agree with that. Okay, I got two uh, NFL questions for you before we wrap. Uh, one is, what do you put the odds at of the Jaguars winning the AFC South right now? They're currently one game back, but they have that Week 18 matchup against the Titans, and they already won one. So if they stay, if they win that game to tie, they are they get the tiebreaker. So they're like effectively tied with the Titans right now. Yeah, with three weeks to play. Um, so they get the Jets. That's a winnable game for them yeah, for Thursday sure. Thursday night. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Um, and then after that, they get the Texans. You'd expect them to win that game, although a division game is always crazy. And then they get the Titans. So easily could win out. Um, damn, that's it. And the Titans are kind of reeling. I'd probably put it just like 50-50 between the Jags and the Titans, I think. I think it is really is a coin flip. Yeah, I'd probably put it 50-50 as well. That uh, Tennessee just hasn't figured out any sort of solution for A.J. Brown. And, I mean, Burks being hurt doesn't help, but he's also obviously not A.J. Brown. So, makes him very one-dimensional. Yeah, totally. And Tannehill's... Um, and their D's been off hurt. It's been... Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's been okay. I don't think... Yeah, well, I'll go 51-49 Jags. If, if I had to place a bet, I'd bet on the Jags, even one game back, for sure. That was that's where I would go. The interesting thing for me, schedule wise, is the Titans have the Cowboys in Week 17, mm. which uh, is very likely a tough matchup for them that they will probably lose. So that puts the Jaguars in a position where they can go one and one. Mm. So they can even lose this week this week against the Jets and still probably be in it. 
Um, and both teams play the Texans in the next two weeks. Right. So Spoilers. Those are probably season. wins. Like I, that's true. Like it would be great to see the Texans, you know, rip one off against the Titans this week or something. And that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Or uh, to see the Jags crash onto Earth in Week 17 against the Texans. I fully expect Derrick Henry to continue his run of 200 yards against the Texans this week, though. So yeah. I don't think they're going to lose that game. I think that team is way too well coached to throw up an egg in this type of situation against that bad of an opponent. Do you guys find yourself subconsciously sort of rooting for the Jags? Yeah, not subconsciously, openly. Uh, I, do. I do, but only more just because I think the Titans are boring as hell. Yeah. Uh, but I actually still kind of, I don't know, tell me if this is ridiculous. Doug Peterson still kind of pisses me off. <laughs> and I still have like a bad taste in my mouth about the fact that he threw a game against a team in the last week of the season in 2019. Like when he gifted the uh, the uh, commanders a, a playoff berth over the Giants by just like switching in his third string quarterback in the fourth quarter and throwing the game, it seemed like the like most childish way to quit your job. I kind of forget that. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's interesting you brought up Doug Peterson because I was gonna say I trust Mike Vrabel in. You know, in Jags, in in terms of the history of the Jags, they they usually fall flat. But I actually think they have a good coaching staff in place now that I don't expect them to like bumble it down the stretch because of Doug Peterson. Because I think he is a good coach, um, and I don't have a personal vendetta against him because I don't know he didn't piss off my team. So, well, this is the thing: I shouldn't have a personal vendetta against him because he won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Like, I should be happy. But something about like he won the Super Bowl and then he immediately wrote a book about leadership. And then tried to capitalize on that, and then two years later flamed out. I don't know, left a weird, uh, yeah. But there was weird, weird situation, there was weird. Um, he was kind of being pushed out, I think, as well. It was a weird situation that, yeah, it is. There was lots of stuff behind the yeah. scenes where there was a suggestion that, like, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie were calling him in for Monday morning meetings every single week to like critique him on his coaching performance. And that, like, the owner was bringing him into a meeting every week with a list of, like, you should have called a timeout in this situation and you should have ran this play in this situation. Like, totally toxic. If that's true, <laughs> that's I would fucking quit, too. Yeah. So, like... I Yeah, I'd probably throw my third stringer in there and quit as well, if that's what was happening. <laughs> yeah, so if that's true, that's uh, really bullshit. You never know with these sorts of things. I... <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm really hoping the Jags can keep it going because it's cool to see Lawrence actually delivering yeah. on what people were saying for a long time. And I think it really underscores just how ridiculous last year was in how that city. How bad for is Urban Meyer? It has, some, has someone ever been paid that much money to be that bad at their job in that short of a time span? It's incredible. Like seeing what we know now with the Jags, it's like baffling. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're like the they're very like prototypical modern offense. Like they use all their receiving options. Like Evan Ingram has been pretty good for them. Um, they got that receiving back and I, yeah, no, it's, it's fun to see. Go Jags. Plus it's just a new, new team, right? It's a new, team. new Jags team. Yeah. Well, just like a new NFL team to see potentially in the playoffs instead of just like the same old um, wild card teams getting eviscerated by, you know, a division winner. Yeah. Very happy for the London fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Jags were in the AFC Championship only five years in a row. Yeah. yeah it was Blake, Blake yeah. Bortles, though. Come on. I know. 
But it is one of those things, like, in your mind, it's as if the Jags have been bad for your entire life. But there was one moment five years ago where they made the AFC yeah. Championship. Canucks yeah. made the playoffs in the bubble, too. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, second hypothetical. This is a two-parter. Um, Gardner Minshew playing quarterback for the Eagles this week. I think this has a massive impact on the MVP race because if I think, and I want to hear your, t- your take on this, if Gardner Minshew goes out and the Eagles lose by 20 to the Cowboys and Minshew throws two picks, Jalen Hurts has locked up the MVP without even playing. Like it's the best possible thing that could happen for the Jalen Hurts MVP campaign. And alternatively, if Gardner Minshew goes out and throws 300 yards and three touchdowns and the Eagles win, Patrick Mahomes wins MVP. I totally agree. Um, happens every year. We talked about it earlier. Best thing an MVP can do is miss a game and have their backup flounder. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's a tough matchup against the Cowboys, too, in theory. So he could look really bad. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I do agree that Mahomes would be the second choice. I, I Personally, I feel like he's getting um, like the – is it like the LeBron treatment where it's like clearly he's the best player in the league every year and should win MVP, but never does because, well, you can't just win it every year. Right. But like, actually he probably should. Yep. That's, I totally agree. It's the same yeah. thing. Like I think Otani probably should have won MVP in the AL mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Totally. Um, but people are going to get excited about a Yankee breaking a home run record. And that's totally valid in any other year. But Otani was a top five pitcher and a top five hitter on the same team. There's no way you can argue that that's yeah. not more valuable than what Aaron that, did. That made me so mad. I was like, this is just typical. It's just the sphere of influence of the New York Yankees. That's the only reason, right? Like if Aaron Judge does that on like the Pittsburgh Pirates, no one gives a fuck. It's only because he did it on the Yankees. And I, I disagree totally, with I that. Agree. 70, yeah. 70 jacks is fucking a lot of home runs. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, to Eric's point, like, Otani's doing something that literally we've never seen before. It'd be like if Derrick Henry also played D-end and had eight sacks. Oh, he's Taysom Hill? Yeah. <laughs> My point, though, is that because Otani won it last year so convincingly, yeah. yes. he couldn't win it two years in a row. Like, people just get tired. And yep. MVP is such a narrative-driven award that they want to see the story behind it. And so Otani being on a shit baseball team with uh, having already got the award, he wasn't going to win it two years in a row. Should we just, like, either keep MVP and add a new award or just change it to, like, the best player award? They, should, just, like, they should make two. CFL? They should make two. They should make one for quarterbacks and then one, like, non-quarterback yeah. MVP. Because it's it's impossible to argue that the quarterback is in the most important position. So you'll always fall back on that player has to have like an absurdly stupid season. Yep. Like I, I think Jefferson should be in consideration for what he does for that team. Like I love watching that guy play. It's so much fun, Similar uh, to but he's never going to, right. Yeah, totally. And yeah. he's not going to sniff it. He's just yeah. not going to. Totally. So they should go most outstanding players. What you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But have a category for the quarterbacks. If the quarterbacks are not eligible. I don't know if that's true for the MOP. I'm pretty sure they can also win it. But then, like, I feel like the quarterbacks would complain. They're like, well, I legit had an MVP caliber season regardless of position, but I'm only, like, competing against quarterbacks. So, like, make cheap in the award for them. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is one of those things I think that people – it'll never change. And we just have no. to live with it. And I think maybe the solution is just pay more attention to the 
to the all pro team versus the mm. versus the MVP award? Well, what they are changing is they they're gonna rank um the MVP votes now. So before you just like selected your one person for MVP, mm. but now I think all of the the writers or whoever votes um ranks like their top five. And then they'll mm. do it like the MLB where you get like your, or I think every other sport kind of does it that way, where you get like first place points, second place points, third, fourth, fifth. Um, and then maybe that will help. And then you'll get like a like a a finals. I think the idea is you get like the top five point getters. So that'll help, I get I think give recognition to some of the non-quarterback players. Um I don't know if it'll help them win, but I think like last year, Cooper Cup probably would have gotten a handful of like second and third place MVP votes, I, I would guess. And like a bunch of fourth and fifth would be my guess. Probably, yeah. And then it'll at least show up on their football reference page saying that they were third in MVP voting for that year or yeah. whatever, which yeah. is yeah, used in Hall of Fame discussions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. While, we're, while we're talking about like trophies, did you guys see that the NBA went and is changing a few of the trophy names? doing something that like people have talked about for a while, like in hockey, the fact that it's like the rocket Richard and the heart trophy and that sort of thing doesn't really resonate. Like I love hockey. I couldn't tell you who the heart's named after. Mm -hmm. Um, But so they're, they've changed the MVP to be named after Jordan and then defensive player of the year is the Hakeem Olajuwon uh, trophy rookie of the year is the Wilt Chamberlain trophy, like names that make sense. Mm -hmm. And then like the common, I don't know how common, just like the layman can know from, how whatever current era you're in right now so be interesting i think maybe i hope that sparks it in other leagues because like i said for the nhl in particular i can tell you who most of those are named after you're not familiar with lord bing or whatever the fuck no lady bing (laughs) lady bing yeah 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 that's interesting um did it trophies in the nfl have names or they just title what they are like obviously there's lombard there's a lombardi trophy but like the mvp and stuff is just like the mvp right i'm not even i think that the mvp i could be wrong i can look this up i feel like if the full name is like the you know national football writers of association of america mvp award or something like that that's that's very american yeah i think it's a situation of uh we're thinking of a different sport. This one is just the National Football League Most Valuable Player Award. So never mind what I was saying before. Mm. But then you're like looking like who would you name it after? You can't do like Brett Favre because uh, he's like not very kosher right now. But he's like won it a bunch of times. You give it like the wait until ten years after Brady retires. So like right. twenty forty five, then you can uh, you can like name it after him. That seems appropriate. Apparently, there used to be an award. The Newspaper Enterprise Association awarded the Jim Thorpe Trophy to the <laughs> NFL MVP every year. Hmm. Okay. But that uh, stopped happening at a certain point. That's interesting. Hmm. One of the best athletes of all time, apparently. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and the uh, original NFL MVP trophy was called the Joe F. Carr Trophy. Named after Derek Carr. Older brother, I think. <laughs> it's the that motherfucker trophy. <laughs> it was won by such players as Mel Heim, Parker Hall, Ace Parker, and Don Hudson twice. 
People had sick names back then when they were playing. <laughs> yeah. Don Hudson. Is that Ace Hudson too? Is that another one? Ace, Ace Parker. Ace Parker of nice. the Brooklyn Dodgers. You know, that was a football team. <laughs> nope. All of those guys played multiple positions. Guarantee it. Sleeper wouldn't have been able to handle it. Uh, yeah, the first one that won it was a center slash linebacker <laughs> in 1938, Mel Hyde. <laughs> so that's what James Giberson played in high school. That that's is. Yeah. <laughs> Gibby splits. <laughs> all right. That's enough. Let's wrap it up. Good luck to all the teams playing this week, especially Kyle. You've, uh, you've done the league of service. Or a disservice because I'm going to be in the final again. And then what? Well, that could happen anyway. This is maximum <laughs> spice. That's true. That's all we ever ask of our competitors. Uh, I'm just happy my scheme worked. Played it perfectly. Here's hoping it's a trap game. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Bye. I have a minor gripe about my th- uh, work-issued ThinkPad that I don't really have a right to have a gripe about. So I got two USB ports on it. So I can, like, I like, when we're doing this, I like having my own keyboard attached to it just so I can have the screen a little farther back. But I also like to have, you know, the little Bluetooth mouse. Can't do that with the microphone, too. That's a massive pisser, to be honest. I'm, I don't think it's a problem to gripe about. Two, two USB ports is inhumane. It seems like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's many, right? Like, I don't know.